Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoyed listening to the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. Now, we've been going through the Sermon on the Mount, um, and we have seen in, in chapter 1, Jesus kind of gave a, a sermon on the t- Ten Commandments, and he, he, he showed how all of our attempts at law-keeping, all of our attempts to avoid sin, uh, they, they're not enough. Jesus said, you know, have you, have you ever killed somebody? Or no. He may ask the question, you may think you've never killed someone, but have you been angry? You may never have, have uh, uh, committed adultery, but have you lusted? You, you may never have uh, lied under oath, but have you taken a, an oath uh, without thinking? Uh, these, or, or made a promise that you were una, unable to keep? Those were the kinds of things that Jesus here in chapter 5 was, was cutting our legs out from under us and showing us that we our attempts to keep the law and to avoid sin could never be enough. And then in chapter 6, we saw how he, he went about it at another direction. And he, he cut the legs out from under us by showing us that our good works could never be good enough. He showed us that when we pray when we fast, when we give, all of those things, we're tempted to do so for our own glory. So that people would look at us instead of giving glory to God. And all of those things are tainted. He showed us how our attempts at law-keeping have never been good enough. He shows us how our good works are never good enough. The only thing that can save us. We cannot be saved by keeping the law or by doing good works. We can only be saved. We can only have mercy at the foot of the cross. It was purchased by the blood of Jesus. He tells us not to lay up treasures for ourselves in heaven. He tells us not to be anxious. Again, those are things that are so hard. I mean, anxiety? Jesus, really? It's sin when I'm anxious? I, I, I just thought that was just part of how I was made. But Jesus here tells us, do not be anxious, but to trust in our Heavenly Father. And here Jesus He again begins to cut the legs out from under us. We cannot be self-righteous. He tells us again something that we are prone to do. Judge not that you be not judged. How often we look at others and we compare ourselves by other people. We think, oh, I'm doing pretty good. Jesus warns us against that. Let's look at uh, our text from Matthew chapter 7. Judge not, that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, you will be, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? 
Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when there is a log in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is holy, and do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn and attack you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you have spoken it to us. You have not left us in darkness to wander around seeking after you. But Lord, you came and you revealed yourself through the writing of men who who spoke by your spirit. And ultimately you revealed yourself by your son as you came and you took on flesh. Father, let us hear your word. Let us not try to avoid it. But Lord, give us ears to hear. Lord, use your sword of the Spirit like a scalpel to take away all of our sins and impurities. Father, be with me tonight. Help me not to be judgmental. Help me not to be harsh as I speak your word. But help me to be bold, to speak it forth clearly. Lord, we love you because you first loved us. In Jesus' name, amen. A long time ago, the most commonly um, memorized and quoted scripture would have been John 3.16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. That was then. We we often would, would memorize that, but today it's a different story. Probably the most commonly quoted Scripture is the one we're looking at tonight. Judge not. Not even the whole verse, probably just the first two words. Judge not. Our culture resonates with just those two words. Yet, it is probably the most un, the most mistaken, most taken out of context verse in all of Scripture. We use it as a defense and say, oh, don't judge me. Oh, you can't judge me. I can live how I want. You you can't judge me. Yet that's not what Jesus had in mind at all. Jesus says, judge not that you be not judged. First, we have to take the first sentence. He gives us the main point of everything that comes after that in this first sentence. Judge not that you be not judged. It, it needs what comes after it to be understood. If we just take it there, it, it could be misunderstood. It could be unclear to us. What does He mean whenever He says, judge not that you be not judged? And all of us may have an understanding of, of what that is if we've heard this text before, but probably our understanding of it comes from what comes next. Basically, I, I think these, this first verse, judge not that you be not judged, Jesus is warning us that it is dangerous 
to judge. We have to remember, when we judge, because all of us judge, we can't escape that. All of us are going to make moral judgments. We are going to decide, is something right or wrong? If we can't judge at all, then, then what is the point of right and wrong? If we believe there is a right and a wrong, that there is sin and holiness, we are called to make judgments. But it is dangerous. And He warns us about the danger. He says, judge not that you be not judged. We all will face a judgment. It's not as if we can somehow avoid the final judgment just by being non-judgmental. That's not the way we understand it. We have to look at verse number 2. He says, For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure that you use, it will be measured to you. He's warning us that judging is dangerous because if we are judgmental, if we look at someone who sins and it begins to make pride come up in us and think we're better than them, that's, that's the wrong place. When we judge, we have to know that the standard we're expecting from other people, that's the standard God will hold us to. That's a dangerous thought. That's a scary thought. That's a very scary thought. How often when we hear a sermon, when we hear God's Word, do we sit in our pew and we think, well, that person over there needs to hear that. Isn't that the case? Instead of taking it to ourselves, applying it to ourselves, seeing how we need this correction. We think about other people. We hold them to a higher standard. This ought not to be. Jesus calls this hypocrisy. And then verse 3, Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when there is a log in your own eye? Jesus points out the absurdity here. It's absurd. You just imagine, you've got this two-by-four sticking out of your eye, and you come up to someone else and say, hey, let me help you with that. It ought to make us laugh. It's absurd. How can we imagine such a thing? But Jesus says that's what we do. We go and we judge other people when we may be guilty of the same thing, and we may be guilty of even worse. Yet, we don't want to look at our own sin. We don't want to look at our own problems. We'd rather look at someone else's and be judgmental. That's exactly what Jesus is condemning here. Jesus tells us first, look at our own eye. Take that log out of our own eye. Verse 5, Jesus calls it like it is. He says, you hypocrite, 
First, take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Notice something. Jesus, first he says, judge not. But then he tells us, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you'll see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. He's not absolutely prohibiting judging. We can see that from the verses right here. He says, first, judge yourself. Examine yourself. Repent of your sin. Turn away from it. And then, once you have repented, once you have turned away from your sin, once you examine yourself, make sure that you're not guilty of the very same things, then you can go and confront someone with their sin. That seems to be the logic here as I read it. You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. He doesn't say, don't take the speck out of your brother's eye. That's not what he says. He says, first take the the log out of your own, then take the speck out. Then we come to this difficult verse, this strange verse, In in verse 6, do not give dogs what is holy, and do not throw pearls before swine, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. This is strange. It's difficult. Uh, And not all commentaries agree on what this means. Some say that this is just a, a, a standalone verse that really doesn't have anything to do with the context, and it's just put in here. It's hard to understand why it's there. I don't agree with that. My view of the Scripture and and the way the Gospel writers put things together, I believe that Matthew, as he was writing this, had a reason for why he put this where it is. And I think it has to fit with the context of what he was talking about before. What is he talking about here? Do not give dogs what is holy, and do not throw your pearls before pigs. Well, the dogs be an insult. The Jews would call the Gentiles dogs. Pigs. I like bacon. I had some for lunch today. But the Jews, they wouldn't have anything to do with it. They considered it unclean. They didn't want to have anything to do with pigs. I think... uh, As harsh as it might sound, I think Jesus here is talking about unbelievers. And what is this, what is holy? What is this, pearls? I think in the context, if we we take it with verses 1 through 5, I think it's the judgment that we make. That that judgment about what is good and what is evil, what is right and what is wrong. Who are we as believers to judge? We're not to go out to unbelievers and tell them how evil they are. We do preach the gospel, we preach the law, and people come under conviction of sin and they repent of their sin. But let me give you an example. We don't, when when we're at work and we hear someone telling a dirty joke or cussing, I don't think the right thing to do is for us to say, oh, you better watch your language. The reason why 
Lost people are going to act like lost people. We don't have anything to do with judging that. Until they've had Jesus Christ come into their life and change them, they're not going to act any different. And us telling them to watch their language is just encouraging hypocrisy. Clean up your life. But we are to judge those who are inside the church. Turn to, just for a moment, to 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Maybe Paul had this passage in mind. As he wrote this to the Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, starting in verse 12. For what have I to do with judging outsiders? Is it not those inside the church whom you are to judge? God judges those outside. Purge the evil person from among you. I think it makes sense if we look at what Paul said when, when Jesus says, do not give to dogs what is holy. You do not get, throw your pearls before swine. If we take that in the context of what comes before, he's telling us we are to judge those inside the church, those who profess to be believers. We're to hold each other accountable. When we see someone going into sin, we should go to them like Matthew 18 says. Go to them, tell them of their sin, plead with them to repent. If they don't, go to them with someone, plead with them to repent. If they don't, bring it before the church. But, to an unbeliever, lost people are going to be lost people. We don't look at them with a judgmental attitude thing, thinking, I can't believe how many kids they have out of wedlock. Or I can't believe the language they use. Don't they know that there are children around? Lost people are going to be lost people. If we go to them, they'll turn around and trample us. If we take the logic of what Jesus said. Or they'll just say, oh, they're just a bunch of judgmental people. Instead of seeing how we point unbelievers to the message of grace that is found in the cross, all they hear is, well, clean up your language. But we preach a cross where Jesus covered all of our sins. We don't clean ourselves up first to make us right and acceptable before God and then come to Him. No, we have come to a Savior who takes us just as we are. He washes us clean. He pulls us up out of the mud and He washes us off and He makes us His children. Though we were enemies of God, though we were children of wrath, He has adopted us into His family. How can we keep from judging others harshly? Judging lost people harshly? We have to remember, one, you know, when Paul says that um, the sexually immoral will not inherit the kingdom of God, what does he follow that up with? And such were some of you, but you were washed. When we look at a lost world, we don't do so 
judgmentally. We do so with compassion. And we preach the God of grace who sent His Son to satisfy God's justice for us. And one day we will all stand before a judge. Jesus Christ, the one who was with the Father, the one who spoke and the world came into existence, the one who made us, who formed us in our mother's wombs, the one who came and He lived a sinless life and He died upon a cross for you and for me. He will one day be our judge. And there will be no injustice that is left unpunished. Every evil deed that has ever been committed in the history of humanity will be punished. It was either done on Jesus on the cross 2,000 years ago, or it will be done on the lost forever, for eternity. In hell. What we go to a lost world with is not a message that is judgmental saying, clean it up. Can't you do better? Our message is, we were once lost. We were once enemies of God. But God has made us His children. He's brought us in. We will stand before the judge. But that judge is also our advocate. I almost said adversary. Our advocate who pleads with the Father for us. Even now, that's where He is. So that when the Father looks down on us, if we have placed our faith in Jesus alone, Jesus is there by the Father saying, what they're doing now, see me instead. See me, see my blood instead. Our judge is our advocate and he was our sacrifice, our substitute. Let us run to Him. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.wordpress.com or you can like us on Facebook. Facebook.